Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marchessault, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Day two of training camp. Workouts continue tomorrow at City National Arena. Sessions at 9, 11.30, and 2. And then Sunday, we make a change as the Vegas Golden Knights will depart for Denver and face the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche in the preseason opener. So the first three days with uh, 60-plus players and all the coaches on the ice, long days, really big, important teaching days uh, for the players. And then we get into some uh, some games next week, and, uh, and I'm sure uh, a bit of a roster uh, massaging as we go along. A lot of players here with amateur uh, availability uh, will be uh, sent back to, to their teams, but uh, what an experience uh, between uh, the start of uh, prospect camp and that tournament last week, and now uh, rookie camp uh, leads into the main camp here at City National Arena. We are at Studio 31 inside City National. Darren Millard, uh, and along with Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman back at Fox Sports Las Vegas home studio. Uh, we are going to uh, bring you a conversation with Braden McNabb in just a little bit. Plus, the uh, media briefing by head coach Bruce Cassidy and uh, what he thought of day number two. Uh, we've got uh, that coming for you in just a little bit. Uh, mention all the players. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've done our lines as we see them uh, with the uh, with the top 12 uh, with the forwards. But then there's jobs uh, to be played in that. There's 23-man roster that uh, that you can carry throughout the year. And uh, whenever there's uh, the need for somebody to come up and fill in, whether it's performance or uh, for injury, uh, I think the, the when it comes to forwards, you're looking at uh, Brisson being uh, one of those players. Sakari uh, Mananen is trying to earn a spot here. I mean, then you've got the players that we saw a lot of last season, mm-hmm. uh, the likes of uh, Jonas Romberg, who played 30 games yep. uh, with Vegas. Uh, Jake Lesition suited up for 41 uh, a year ago. And Paul Cotter, who got uh, into seven. Uh, a year ago, big part of the Henderson Silver Knights, but also players that uh, that are hoping to take that next big step. And and Paul Cotter told us today, uh, after his session, that uh, this is the first year where he's come to camp, mm-hmm. where he can see a route to the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Now there's things that have to fall into place there, but he wasn't just getting a few days of practice and then would be knowing that he'd be reassigned. Mm. But there's there's a possibility here. And that's what those seven games and the two goals that he scored last year do for a player's confidence. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of go back to last year, too. We had a really good training camp. I, I think that he was one of those players that made the most of, of that opportunity, put himself on a radar, right? And, and then, you know, you get a couple of – you get some games in the NHL, you score a couple of goals in in assertive ways, too. Uh, that that lends well. And, it, you know, I, I think that he's been one of those players that I've been cluing in on. And I've I've liked a lot of what I've seen from Paul Cotter over the first couple of days. Uh, I also love the fact that they're all on the line. Yeah. Uh, at this training camp. Uh, and Cotter, 
Rombier and Lasician. Now, what what uh, clues, what hints do you do you get as an athlete when you come to a training camp? You're trying to take it all in in the sense of does the coach like me? What's the organization think of me? Do I have this path to earn a spot? Well, one of those tea leaves that players look at is where you're assigned to get ready for a practice, mm-hmm. football, baseball, uh, basketball, ever. Well, for Paul Cotter this year, he went to the auxiliary room <laughs> yeah, to, to get his stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't there. His stall was not in there. And he started to, to think, okay, do I go into the main room, the Vegas Golden Knights main dressing room? Mm-hmm. And he did. And there's his stuff. Mm-hmm. It's in the main dressing room with Mark Stone, Jonathan Marshall, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Alec Martinez. That is a big confidence booster for Paul Cotter. And he admitted that to me today, that being assigned to that room mm-hmm. with all the other top people within the organization is one uh a compliment, but also affirmation that he belongs here. Yeah, it's it's a huge vote of confidence, and you know, it, you know, it's not just. I would I would argue it's not just for the likes of Paul Cotter, but also Jonas Rombierg and, and Jake Lecision. And You know, the the opportunity to kind of grow within the organization to the point where here you are in this camp, and there is an avenue, there are options, there are ways that this can become your your reality your dream can can get there over the over the goal line and then you get that boost yeah it it has to feel just so good and you're at the big boys and redeeming right like mm-hmm. like it, it's one of those things where I, I think that you can ride that wave you can ride that emotion and, and carry it through this camp and and if you know Paul Cotter has himself a really solid camp he shows well in his preseason games I agree with him. There, there's an opportunity for someone to seize during this training camp up front. Could it be Paul Cotter? Why not? Bruce Cassidy coming up in just a second, but one more note on Paul Cotter. When he played in the National Hockey League last year, mm-hmm. he dressed to the nines, and he also wore the fedora. <laughs> yeah, he did. And they were talking to him about uh, this today, about, uh, hey, you get to the National Hockey League, you wear the fedora all the time. He said, I might dial that back a little bit. Come uh, on. Just to, just to ease the chirping mm-hmm. from Jonathan Marsh. So <laughs> I said, what, was, he, was he really on you? Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he, he didn't, he, but he did say, Paul uh, admitted, it was well-deserved. I had the fedora on. Yeah. I knew I'd get some. Uh, I was expecting it. It was, all, it was all in fun, and it was well-deserved. It was different. Yeah, I... I I understand why, but I don't want him to. Like, no. It, it, it would, if if and when Paul Cotter's up here and, and and playing in the National Hockey League, fedora up, buddy. Yeah. Like just go 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 wild with it because I, I think I think that's fun. Uh, Jonathan Marsh is so chirping or not. Uh, I'm going to uh, wear a hoodie. Like hoodies are new things. Uh, the stylish, not not the big sweatshirt hoodies, sure, sure. but uh, a hoodie on the air this year uh, underneath the suit. There's some some funky style. I'm trying to really? branch out a little bit. So I've got that uh, that coming your way uh, to the fans. Also the hat. I'm thinking about donning mm-hmm. a fashionable hat on what, the set. Like a fedora? Yeah, something along that line. So or, or are you going to wear the hoodie with the fedora? Probably not. No, those are two different. Uh, okay. Those don't go together. Sure. 
but uh, the 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 hoodie is more. I don't uh, know. Hipper. I don't know that you could do that. Not the, the, not the hoodie. That you, not that you could like that. You can't pull it off. I just I don't think you will allow yourself to be that casual. The the hoodie. Yeah. Oh, I'm all over it. Really? Yeah, I've got I've got some strong support for the. When, when's with, that uh, first game? Uh, I don't know. Don't know yet. But it's it's all purchased and set up, so uh, oh, we're all ready to go. Uh, got some uh, some new threads uh, coming your way. Uh, let's get to uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, on day two of training camp. Uh, what he saw in uh, the follow up to a very high tempo, impressive opening day of the Vegas Golden Knights at City National Arena. Well, they've got to do what they do best and do it better than someone else here, right? And and I think they've all looked good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching. We've done a lot of, you know, from the D to the neutral zone, so the checking part of the game. And Jake's been real good in the middle as a center. He's got good reads. He's so right away you're looking at a guy that you can trust on the ice and in that role. Um, Cotter's going to the net well, attacking. That's what you want out of him, a guy that can can score five on five. Uh, Ronberg's done a little bit of both, right? He's a big man that can move and has got inside as well. So now will, will it translate in the game? Is it better than what we have? And that's to be determined. Uh, this is my first look at them. I think they've all looked good. They're ahead of the guys that haven't played here. Are they ahead of the guys that have? And again, that's we'll find out. No, it, it's, it follows the same pattern, and it's because of the timeline. We have, I think it's 18 days of camp, and we have seven games. And I think there's, you know, you have to build in, I think, at least two off days. They have a Montana trip they do every year, so there's an extra one. So you're talking about seven full practice days when you're not playing with the whole group. So you've got to get after it. And I think that's been the same everywhere recently because of the, uh, the way it's been negotiated. So... The good news is players come in pretty good shape, so you're not always always doing conditioning every day. You're building some in, obviously. For me, being new to, to Vegas, obviously, we've started our systems every day, so the videos might be a little more intense than other years because of that. So it's video, practice, come in, talk, show video what we want to do, talk about practice, get out there and try to accomplish it. Now we've done that for two days through the D zone, through the neutral zone, through the O zone. And that's been fairly similar for me over the years. Um, work your way from your net out in those three days, because that's typically what you get. You get three, maybe four, and then you're playing. So the fourth day then becomes a little more special team. So we'll do that for morning skates and then build some of that in next week. But you want to get your foundation down. And it really hasn't changed a lot, just because of timing. Will, will having some preseason games and having a film of this team um, help in, in the film sessions and be able to show guys maybe not just showing them stuff from Boston? Yes, we've shown... Boston predominantly because that's what we've changed. Today we did some, some of Vegas, some of us uh, attacking. We'll do more tomorrow with the ozone play. So it's probably been a mix half and half. John's going to even use some Dallas stuff for his PK because that's where he most recently came from, and it's a little bit different. So that's inevitable. I, th I think the players understand that when you're there that long and you're trying to change and adapt to what you've done there. You've got to show some of that. We're not trying to jam all Boston stuff down their throat. It's just the stuff we've changed. So we are definitely incorporating Vegas stuff um, from last year and two years ago. You know, they played a different neutral zone 
uh, against Colorado, Minnesota, and Montreal in the playoffs. So we, we have looked back at that as well. So some of it is definitely familiar to him. You are listening to Bruce Cassidy and his uh, media availability following day two of the Vegas Golden Knights training camp on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Then the one one three that uh, Peter used last year that he originally used. So the guys that were here, then then it's it's it, it should relatively seamless because they've done it before. It's just now reminding back into habits details. So I don't anticipate a lot of a lot of issues there. Most of the players that even come from other teams have played that that system. So there's really not a whole lot there that that should surprise them. It's just getting back to, you know, reaching back a little bit in time. It's more the D zone that is different, and we understand that, and that's why we'll try to, you know, touch on it every day. Even if we're doing another area, we've got to get back to it and look at it so it's comfortable. And you saw it at the end of practice, the five-on-five. Five. We, we're going to try to build a lot of that in. Uh, that is defending the blue line. So when, we're, when they're coming from behind, going the one direction, it's the 2D and the forward working together to try to make it difficult to enter the zone with possession. That's exactly what we're looking for. We're hoping that there's a turnover there or they have to, we force a, you know, a dump puck and a, a breakout situation for us. That's a win for us. Not let, give them easy access. So it is the forward coming back, tracking towards the puck, and then reading off the D whether they can eliminate it or the forward has to do it. That's, and it's essentially a, you know, a wedge situation, and that's coming out of a 1-2-2, two, two, and we're going to see a lot of that. So that's what you're looking for. Then you build it into five guys because <clears throat> that's what you play with, right? So you got the other two um, forwards to consider coming back in your own end. Where do they go? And then the two offensive D, you know, how are you going to check those guys if they get involved? You guys haven't asked me, and no, we haven't touched on that yet. I don't anticipate a... A lot of changes, but that's something me and Kelly will sit down and, and revisit. In, in but Mark will be the captain if, if we don't want to start a controversy here today. <laughs> All right. In terms of the breakouts, how exciting is it uh, now that you've seen them on the ice for two days in front of you? Uh, Shafee or Alex Petrangelo, guys like that. I guess how exciting is it to have guys that can move the puck? Well, they'll enjoy that part of it because go, they're going back together. So there'll be more opportunities to get it and, and, and wheel, for lack of a better term. That's what we call it partner runs a little legal interference now your center's available in the middle of the ice he's not dropping off so there's some, a few different outlets I think they're going to enjoy it um, but like I said we'll see it I mean I came from uh, Boston Charlie McAvoy was excellent at that so we had some guys certainly I think every team in the league has a few guys I think we have more than a few guys and, and that's what excites me about building some offense from the back end Vegas Golden Knights head coach Bruce Cassidy discussing uh, the events of day two of training camp 2022 on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, you're going to see a normal drop-off of the players that haven't played at this level for a long time. You can see their, their execution, they start to get fatigued, and when you get fatigued, the brain gets tired, the hand, every, you know, everything starts to go a little bit. So we saw it a little bit today with some of the players that haven't played at this level for for a long time and that's their their battle their mental challenge because the guys are in shape you know they, they are going to be fatigued at the end of a drill but in general they got to battle through that part of it the mental part of it so we have seen a, a little bit of a drop off i expect it uh yesterday was a real high level everyone wants to make a good first impression everyone's going today there was a you know the little bit of the you know the bumps and bruises that maybe from yesterday or soreness whatever you want to however you want to describe it and Tomorrow will be interesting because will, will it will it trend back up for those guys or will it continue to drop off? And that's essentially sometimes how you know a guy's not ready. If you can't handle it, listen, it's 82 nights a year and you're practicing. And then you've got another two months if you want to achieve your ultimate goal. So that that's part of it. You touched on the 
Yeah, yeah, it's real solid. I think Ben came in last year and did a real good job for the team. Um, no, Coughlin was a good player, but he's in Carolina now, so they lost a bit. But that, that opens a door. One door closes, another one opens, right? So now you got Korzak that's put some time, and they look good in San Jose. So sometimes for young guys, it, even though they're close or you think they're getting close, they see a guy leave, and it excites them. And, you know, sometimes they look at roadblocks to, to getting up there. They almost need an injury or, or some, a trade or something to happen, even though they're close. So now... I don't want to pronounce anybody closer than they are or not because I haven't seen them play in, a, in, a, in an NHL preseason game. So let's get through that part. Let's see if the growth is still there. But he is not one of those guys who's dropped off so far. He, he's kept his level. So that's the first thing. He can stay at that level, practice like an NHL player every day, and execute. That's step one. Now let's see if it translates the game. I'm using him as an example because it's a right shot that left, and, and you know he's next on the, on the depth, depth chart, even though... Like I said, we can move people around. Rich, when the season ended last season, some of the older players who were here from year one mentioned they want to get back to that identity of that first year, physicality, faster skating, more aggressive play. I'm wondering, do you think that is dovetailing into the approach that you want under your system? Well, I like to hear that because I think that's the type of team that will have success in, in the National Hockey League and that I'd like to coach and that, that's in that room. So I think it's great to hear that. I think hard to play against, relentless, you know, work ethic, um, second effort. I've always said it, I think it's a second effort league. Very few guys can go out there and just kind of do what they want most nights. There's the odd exceptional talent, um, but most times it's second effort and that's what we're going to remind the guys of. It is. It is. I mean, we're a work-based team, right? And that's, that's what we're going to be. And the physicality part sometimes will be predicated by who's in the lineup, personnel. Um, we'd like to encourage every guy to use their, you know, we're a big team. So you don't have to, you know, have those, you know, big thunderous hits. Some guys can bring that. I know, you know, McNabb is a good, you know, he, he can deliver those and he's done it. For, it's a skill for years. And hopefully, you know, Colas are the line he's on to bring some of that and, and will. Now, if you can spread it through the lineup a little more with other guys where you're always traveling through big bodies, you know, the other team goes into a game saying, okay, we're in, you know, we got to really be, you know, we got to be ready to, to compete tonight. And sometimes that's all it takes. They might, no, well, we'll worry about the night. You know, we'll, we'll save myself for, for San Jose or Anaheim, whoever's next on the road trip. So that's what the mentality we'd like to build. You are listening to Bruce Cassidy and his uh, news conference following a second day of training camp. Three more sessions on the ice at City National Arena. This is Fox Sports Las Vegas. The evaluating won't really start until the exhibition games because, you know, practice is now right now designed for a plan in place how we want to play. Goalies, of course, have to stop the puck, but they're building up for the exhibition game. So I, we don't go in and meet and say, oh, this goalie's ahead of this goalie in practice. They're, they're getting their reps. Sean Burke deals with their technique and what he sees in practice. So that'll be, a, that'll be seven exhibition games and then on to the regular season. Because as I said, I think it was yesterday, there's no way in, in two weeks we're going to pr proclaim a guy to be number one. I, I think with, with their resumes, and I'll, I'll, I'll include Brassois in there, that they all have you know, the potential to be a number one. They're all going to need a certain amount of work before we can sort of declare whether we, we have that guy or not. Hope you enjoyed Bruce Cassidy and a uh, post-game or post-training uh, camp session uh, media conference uh, here at City National Arena. You're listening to the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Uh, just your initial reaction? Well, I... I I love 
the communication Bruce Cassidy gives, right? The the desire to kind of explain and express what aspects he's trying to garner with his team in certain drills. Um, and, and then the idea of where you can kind of start to evaluate players, where you can you can see you know if 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 kind of if something drops off are they is that just kind of going going through a a very intense day yesterday and and trying to get to get yourself to the level where you need to be at to be able to do this over the course of 82 games i, I thought that that part was really intriguing um the other aspect of of it is this is a guy that's on the ice for 7 hours the last 2 days mm-hmm. and expanding in great detail about what he's looking for and how he's approaching things. The accessibility that we're getting right now from Bruce Cassidy is fantastic. There's there's two ways to look at it. There's a player can drop off Mm -hmm. as training camp goes on. Uh, The other angle is some guys can maintain an incredibly high level of play day after day after day. And Bruce mentioned like maybe somebody's saving – for uh, a Thursday night game, and it's it's a Monday, and you just don't have that uh, that gas in the tank. Whether it's uh, physical nature, or whether it's a speed uh, aspect of the game, or or, or determination part of it. But uh, I think it's a compliment to those guys that uh, followed up yesterday and kept the the pedal down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, again, we we were very much in awe of the pace we saw yesterday, mm-hmm. and. By all accounts, in in spending the whole day here today, I, I don't feel like there was a massive drop off in any way. In fact, I I feel like the pace was there, and of course you're going to get that from the guys that that are full time NHL players. But top to bottom, I, I've really liked the the work that you are getting right now on the ice from everybody. Uh, the drills have been crisp, and it, it's been. You know, again, two days of really solid, high-energy work for this hockey club. I'm not going to say that tomorrow's a make-or-break day. It's certainly not for these players. The exhibition schedule is going to uh, determine a lot of the, the fate, whether it's the goaltending or whether it's uh, who's on the uh, the first call-up uh, list of forwards and defense. Mm-hmm. But for for those that just want to – that basically know they've got more to – to go on this journey to get into an exhibition game is a big thing tomorrow's the day that may decide that where if you've put in back-to-back great efforts and great performances and the coaches have taken notice uh saturday here at city national arena at 9 11 30 and 2 whatever session uh, that you're involved in uh, as an athlete could make that determination that you get into Monday's game uh, in Los Angeles or the game in Missoula or, or Salt Lake City. Yeah, and, and I think that that was a really important point that he brought up in that tomorrow will be interesting to kind of see where the levels go and, and, and whether or not you can get what you're looking for as a coach three days in a row. Because if you can, if if some of those players that are, are looking for that opportunity, they want to get into that game, if they can bring it three days in a row, then then that gives them a real good, solid start to this camp and puts them on a radar. And, and I think as, as a young player who who knows that maybe it's not this year, maybe it's not this year that, that you're going to make this club, if you can put yourself in, in a situation like Paul Cotter did last year mm-hmm. where – next season you're already in a different stratosphere 
that's the way you've got to approach it. Mirmanov last year, right? 100%. Earned yeah. his way into the exhibition game and yeah. then uh, another couple of spots. Uh, Braden McNabb uh, was talked about by the head coach, uh, Bruce Cassidy. He's obviously got uh, uh, a resume with him physically uh, and uh, as a national athlete defender, but he was that guy a long time ago in Buffalo and then Los Angeles trying to work his way into the spotlight. Uh, he spent some time with Chris Chapman earlier today here at City National Arena. Braden, uh, how was the summer? Summer is good. Yeah, long, but good to be back. A couple guys have mentioned that they maybe went to their cottages on the lake. Are you a lake and cottage kind of guy, or what, what do you do over the summer? Uh, well, we're kind of in limbo right now. We don't have a summer spot, uh, but we went home and visited family. Um, so it was good. With COVID, we haven't been able to get home for a few years, so it's good to see everyone and uh, hang out with family and friends. So, But ideally, a cottage would be nice, but you know, we, we don't have one at the moment. Mom and dad put you to work when you come home for the summer? No, they're, they're pretty good. I usually time it perfect where there's no work to do, so <laughs> I got that down pat. Uh, yeah, so it was more just visiting and, you know, catching up. You guys played golf on, on Monday. How was the golf game? Golf game's not bad, yeah. It's, it's good. It's one thing I enjoy to do and get out to do quite often in the summer, so whenever you get an event like that, it's always fun to play in. You mentioned it was a long summer for you guys, so... Is that something that's going to motivate you coming into the season? Because I know in your case, it's the longest you've, you've gone in a really long time without having a playoff season. Yeah, no, it's, I think everyone's pretty motivated here. It was disappointing last year, and, you know, we got a little chip on our shoulder, and we got a will to win. And, uh, you know, I don't know if people are counting us, counting us out or anything, but, you know, we, we have something to prove this year, and everyone's pretty hungry. You got a couple young defensemen skating with you guys in your sessions, and Caden Korzak and Leighton Ahak. Just what have you seen from those two guys? They've been awesome. Uh, you know, it hasn't been easy skates, and they've handled themselves really well. Uh, they both move great and good skaters. So, you know, it's a big year for both of them, and um, you know, they're handling themselves well very early here. You're the guy who a lot of the young players say that they like skating with because you communicate really well with them and you talk really well on the ice. So, do you kind of take that as a point of pride that these are the two young kids? Maybe the next guy's up through the pipeline that they have you with? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it could very well be. I, you know, I like to communicate on and off the ice, and, you know, especially if I can help out on the ice. Communication goes a long ways. I, I kind of learned that early when playing with Drew Doughty. He's, you know, communicates really well on the ice and made, makes life easy. So I kind of took that from him and try and help out my partner as much as I can. Thanks. Thank you. Ray McNabb in the dressing room uh, in conversation with Chris Chapman. Uh, if you uh, are in the market for or deal with the uh, off-season real estate, <laughs> get in touch with Braden McNabb. He, he's on the search. Yeah, he's looking. Um, one day I'm, I'm going to get out to a cottage. One yeah. day. I've got one. Yeah. It's in the middle of a hurricane right now. That's unfortunate. In, in the next 12 hours. Yeah. So uh, if you could go over there and, and check it out, uh, I'd, re I'd really appreciate I it. I think out by the, in the Atlantic uh, <laughs> province of uh, Prince Edward Island. I feel like by the time I get there, the hurricane will be over. I don't know. It looks like it's uh, slow moving. Uh, Fiona uh, making uh, its presence felt uh, right now uh, up the east coast and into uh, the uh, eastern side of Canada. We're going to take a break. We'll get off that, uh, and we'll offer up uh, some some <laughs> tornado-type news from Chicago and, as well, Winnipeg. Mm. Two very different stories. We'll bring you one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. We continue from VGK training camp at City National Arena, broadcasting from Studio 31 up on the second floor. You can tell exactly where we are because we've got a big recording light that says, just leave us alone. <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, we've got some news out of Winnipeg, ladies and gentlemen, mm. and it involves Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mm. No, he hasn't been traded. In fact, it's the exact opposite. There's been so much swirling around Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was acquired for uh, Patrick Lining. And they want him to be a big part of the organization in the future. And they've gone through a bit of uh, upheaval. Uh, they took the captaincy away from Blake Wheeler. Does that end up on the sweater of Pierre-Luc Dubois as an effort to keep uh, Pierre? Uh, he's been connected to the Montreal Canadiens a lot. He's got one more year. Uh, and uh, he's got uh, that uh, salary cap that uh, he accepted the $6 million qualifying offer. He's in a situation where Winnipeg, a lot of the fans there, think that he's gone. Mm -hmm. That as soon as he finishes, he's able to, uh, through restricted free, unrestricted free agency, he's going to end up in, in Montreal. Well, he said to Darren Dreger of TSN, who's uh, doing his uh, cross-country uh, training camp stops, uh, I could see myself in Winnipeg in the future. Just this summer, I didn't have the answer. Everyone wants an answer immediately. That's a, what kind of world that we're in. But it's my life. At the end of the day, it's a decision that six, seven, eight years is a long time to bring me towards the end of my career. It's not just me. It's my family. It's a big decision. And this past summer, I wasn't ready to make. He wasn't ready to sign that long-term deal. But kind of opened the door back up towards signing in Winnipeg. This is a different narrative than we've heard. Yeah, it's somewhat surprising, to be honest, that, that Pierre-Luc Dubois would have that commentary. But I also understand where he's coming from and respect the the thought process that goes behind it. You're talking about a 23-year-old, right? Like, a kid in, in terms of the real world. And to, to admit that there's uncertainty about what he wants the next 8, 10, 12 years of his life to look like, I can understand that. I can empathize with that. I, I'm a human, too. So Yeah, but people look around the league I, and see all these eight-year deals being signed on, I, on I, when, when you're coming off of your ELC. I, I hear you, and, and I, I know that that line of thinking that we're getting right now from Pierre-Luc Dubois is not necessarily the norm in today's NHL, but I, I kind of applaud him for saying, you know what, at that point in time, I'm not. I wasn't ready to commit to the next seven to ten years. But you know, now that I'm in a different spot, now that I've gone through a full season as a Winnipeg Jet, and there's more on the horizon, let's revisit it when it makes sense. Yeah, when you sign a long-term deal and then it doesn't work out, yeah. you could be left with regrets. That apparently is not the case for Seth Jones of the Chicago Blackhawks, who inked that eight-year, seventy-six million-dollar mega deal. Mm -hmm. And it's just about to start. Yeah. Like, this season, it kicks in. At a time with the Chicago Blackhawks going through a teardown, mm -hmm. expected to compete with the Arizona Coyotes for 
the worst record in the National Hockey League and the best odds to uh, draft first overall. Uh, this is what Seth Jones had to say today. Uh, it's a little frustrating to see the trades in the summer at first. It's not really what anybody had in mind looking back a couple of years, but it is what it is, and going forward, it's going to make us a lot better in here. And again, finished it off with, I don't have any regrets. Yeah, I don't okay. think he's happy. He okay. may not have any regrets when it comes to the 76 no. Schmill. No, 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 no. Like, listen, I I could live with not being happy for $76 million. I, I'm never going to regret in my life signing an eight-year contract worth $76 million. There, there's no way you could get there. However, as a competitor, as somebody that wants to win, as somebody that has not won the Stanley Cup in the NHL, you have to be frustrated by what has happened in Chicago and you have to hope that in the next eight years there is a turnaround to where Seth Jones can play meaningful hockey in the playoffs and that's all you're left with at this point if you are Seth Jones but no of course he doesn't have regrets eight years 76 million dollars I'm not going to regret that well he may have some regrets once Kane and Taves leave well, After this year or during this listen, season. Because then he's really on an island. He, he would be on an island, that is for sure. But, you know, you can always request a trade and you can always lift your no-move clause. Like, those are things that exist. Mm, I once heard a great line. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it makes for a much more tolerable depression. <laughs> um, we, uh, we, we'll check in with Seth in a couple of years. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly. You know, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Yeah. We've seen that before with the St. Louis Blues mm -hmm. captains. Mm -hmm. uh, he finishes off his uh, long-term deal, a uh, seven-year contract that was signed with Buffalo. Uh, a lot of talk about his future with the St. Louis Blues. They're, they're still in a window of competing. Yeah. But it does look, uh, look, David Braun was allowed to leave. Uh, they've got some other aging players coming up, and they've they've really doubled down on, on Cairo and Robert Thomas. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the, the thing, right, is there's a changing of the guard happening right now with the St. Louis Blues and that by the end of this season, or at least in the near future, it will be fully Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas's team. Now, that all being said, you're looking at a 32-year-old Ryan O'Reilly when he's you know, by the end of the season, I still think that there's something to be said for his leadership and what he means to that room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in looking at kind of the dip in in the St. Louis Blues since Alex Petrangelo left and, and kind of managing that, that time period and, and that space and how important he was to their Stanley Cup run, I just get the sense that Ryan O'Reilly will be a blue for the rest of his career. Um, you do, eh? I do. Because they don't, they don't have an issue with players going. I, I know they don't, but I, I do think that you're still kind of in a, in a weird spot with Kairou and Thomas that you don't want to put everything on them right now. And, and I don't know if this last season is going to be enough to where you are comfortable getting there. So maybe it isn't a long-term deal. Maybe he isn't a blue for the rest of his career, but I would, I would think it's important to extend Ryan O'Reilly at least for another season or two before you really hand over the keys to Kairou and Thomas. 
Pittsburgh Penguins have talked contract with goaltender Tristan Jari, hmm. who I think will score a goal this year. Yeah, you think so, eh? Yeah. Okay. He's always looking. Good. Uh, this is a, this is a sign that things are going really good for Tristan Jari, mm-hmm. and it's turned around a 180 yeah. uh, from a couple of years ago where he showed great promise and then had uh, trouble in the playoffs. Uh, this is the language that I'm hearing from general manager Ron Hextall. Mm-hmm. We've been talking to Jars, so we'll see where it goes. I always subscribe to the feeling that when the general manager or the coach is using the player's nickname, <laughs> that player's in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I mean, the 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 unfortunate situation for Tristan Jari after having a phenomenal year last year is that he wasn't able to play in the playoffs. No. And that was going to be the measuring stick for him, right? After uh, two seasons ago where it kind of fell apart on him in the playoffs with the Pittsburgh Penguins, you wanted to see how he'd respond to that pressure after having a phenomenal year. I think he's good. I, I, I look at it and say, you know what, if you can kind of solidify that position for the next few seasons, especially while you've got Crosby, Malkin, Latang, yeah. all looking to make one more run, it, it only makes sense to me. I'm a big fan of Tristan Jari. Yeah. Was he the one that Brad Marchand punched? Ooh. I think um, he was. Yeah. It, w- it was either Jari or Casey DeSmith. I think it was Jari. But yeah, I think it was Jari. Was, it was probably Jari. I think th- he also tried save? to knock the puck out of his glove right behind the net or something like that. I'm going I'm to look this up. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the great moments of last year out of a, uh, like, not, not in a super positive but more weird standpoint. Because Jari said, said something to him and boom, it was a punch in the face. Yeah, how... <laughs> It it, it, yeah, it was Jari, and all he said was, how about that bleep and save? Yeah. That, that's all it takes to get uh, under the skin of Brad good. Marchand, it appears. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin, mm-hmm. closing in on 20 seasons in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Says he's not focused on what he has to do to catch Gordy Howe for second in NHL history and goal scoring. But he's looking at Stanley Cup. I if you're going to be totally honest, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say, like, I'm kind of split? Like, I, I really want to win the Stanley Cup, but I also really want to catch Gordie Howe. Okay, so, like, here's the thing with Alex Ovechkin, right? Um, if he if he says that he's only focused on the goal scoring, then there's going to be an article oh, or 75 written about how all he cares about is individual accolades. All he cares about is what... But there's no way he's not thinking no, about the goal chase. of course he isn't. But he's doing what we expect all players to do in the NHL. And that's deflect the individual for the team concept. Like, it, it's masterful work from Ovechkin. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not worried about being one of two to ever play this game on a pedestal of great goal scorers. No, uh-uh. I'm not. I'm not interested in that as much as I'm interested in winning the Stanley Cup on a team that, frankly, I don't think can win. He tied the NHL record with his ninth season with 50 or more goals. Ridiculous. Crazy. And he passed Marcel Dion, Brett Hull, and Yarmer Yager. Yep. To climb from seventh to third on the NHL's all-time scoring list. Mm-hmm. He's behind Gordie Howe, and now. Wayne Gretzky. Yep. He's within, what, uh, 
19, or 21 goals of Gordie Howe. So he, he, he'll be number two by the end of the year. Stands to reason. That's pretty wild. And then and then it's all eyes on Wainer. I don't know whether he can score 50 again. That would be a heck of an achievement for a 37-year-old. He, he's got maybe two. Like, realistically speaking, I look at Alex Ovechkin and I say, if he's going to go off one more time, it'll be in the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. 37 and 38, that, that would be a wild storyline in the NHL. If a 38-year-old or 37-year-old Alex Ovechkin has back-to-back 50-goal seasons. And he has four years left on his contract. Hey, he's, if he's close, I think they'll re-sign him. He will be, when all is said and done, the greatest goal scorer to ever play the game. And honestly, if it takes him into his, into five years from now, like if they've got to re-sign him for one year mm-hmm. just yeah. to break the record, I hope that the day he breaks the record, the game he breaks the record, skates off the ice. I'm done. Retires the next day. That'd be, uh, that'd be awesome. Chasing uh, Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky and the all-time goal list. Only a couple of people ahead of them. Those are your one-timers for this Friday, September 7th on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Regret that on some days. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. I think you may like this one. Do you remember what you were doing on September 23rd, 1992? 1992? Uh, Nope. Nope. No. I don't remember what I was doing either, but I will tell you it's a significant date in hockey history because it was on September 23rd, 1992, that Manon Rayum made her preseason debut for the Tampa Bay Lightning in a game against the St. Louis Blues. In that game, she allowed two goals on nine shots. She played another preseason game the following year with the Lightning against the Bruins, allowed three goals on the first four shots she she faced, however, made eight saves in that game. So a significant date in hockey history, Menon Rayum, the first and only woman to play in an NHL game preseason or regular season, obviously. Should also be noted, she won a silver medal at the Nagano Olympics for Team Canada. So pretty, pretty historic day and a remarkable woman. And she is now a uh, a member of the Los Angeles Kings organization who the Golden Knights will see uh, very soon. Yeah, not playing. No, 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 no. But uh, yeah, she's, she's a now member of the front office with the with the LA Kings. Uh, I want to just uh, bring in Ryan Wallace here. You, you've uh, been a Studio 31 today. Uh, yep. Thank you for joining me. It's lovely to have some company. You're mm. welcome anytime. Okay. Whenever I am here, mm. uh, because you can't come here by yourself because I have to let you into Studio I, 31. I can't get in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I purposely turn on the television lights for the whole show mm-hmm. because we're sitting here at the uh, the desk in Studio 31. Yep. You ready for the career in TV? You might have to change the wardrobe a bit. A little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the flannel will work as much as the uh, the hoodie will. But uh, <laughs> the hoodie's going to be awesome. Yeah, I I can't wait to see you in the hoodie. Um, am I ready for TV? Uh, no, but this has been really cool, and I'm. You going, said it's too bright. It's incredibly. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Honestly, like there's the lights are so bright it is distracting, and and you know I've got a camera right in my face, and I mm-hmm. can see myself in the monitor over there, which is a really cool experience. But I. Even though we're not on TV, I don't know where I'm supposed to be I didn't looking. know you could, the monitor yeah, was on you, over the there. the monitors are on over there. Oh. Like, I've been looking at myself. Like That's why I haven't been looking at you at all. I've been looking at myself this whole time. How do you look? Good. Yeah. I look good. Nice. I feel good. Play, Play good. good. 
Yeah, great experience. Uh, nine, eleven thirty, and two tomorrow for the Vegas Golden Knights, and then it's uh, preseason game number one on Sunday in Denver at home against Los Angeles on Monday. So Sunday and Monday, back-to-back games for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we'll chat with you on Monday from T-Mobile Arena for the first time. Enjoy your weekend.